Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. Uh, we have a guest host on this show, a man named Austin Sanders, who's done a bunch of characters on this show. Uh, today, he sat in on the host chair so I could do a character, your Badger the episode, where he interviews avant-garde Irish author James Joyce and 20th century singer-songwriter John Denver. Awesome, hilarious ep. Uh, don't forget, you can always email us at famousdeadpeople.radiofreebrooklyn.org. Listen to the freshest eps every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. Rate and review the podcast. Check out jaredparentsing.com for our latest updates. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy John Denver and James Joyce only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories stuck in the heads. You're gonna hear awful from me, even though all these people are dead. Hello, and welcome to Famous Dead People, the show where we resurrect famous dead people from history and ask them the hard questions. I am Austin Sanders. I'm filling in for Jarrett Berenstein, who is on a much, much needed vacation. We wish him a great time. You know, in fact, the last thing that we heard from him was that he had just taken a free personality test and he was feeling pretty good about it. I hope that he has enough money where he is. But that is not important because today my guests are two wonderful, wonderful figures of history. We have the 20th century avant-garde Irish author known for such works as Dubliners, a portrait of the artist as a young man, and Ulysses, you know him, you love him, James Joyce. Hello, so happy to be here. And we also have the 20th century American singer-songwriter of such hits, uh, Sunshine on My Shoulders, Take Me Home Country Road, John Denver. Sunshine on a radio show. Hey, happy to be here. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's beautiful. I, I love that your speaking voice is very similar to your singing voice. <laughs> well, I, I, I've never been anyone but myself. I can't help but be myself. I'm a genuine artist and I'm a real guy. I'm just right. a regular guy. I put my pants on one leg at a time. Right back at you, Johnny. <laughs> I didn't say anything to you. <laughs> you know, speaking of being yourself, a lot of people don't know this, John Denver, but you were actually born... Henry John Duschendorf Jr. Ooh, is that's that right? Name. It is right, uh, which is a German word for douche and also dorf. So the <laughs> so the German word is douche is German for douche. Ger- douche is German for douche, and dorf is German for dorf. Our families combined. <laughs> if you know you know the actor Stephen Dorf. Yes, yes. <laughs> his family and my fam my ancestors back in Germany are all related. Okay, well that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, so, John Denver, uh, very quickly, I want to get into uh, your early life. Now, um, I was doing some research on you, and you had a tough relationship with your father, who oh, was yeah. an Air Force pilot. Yeah. And I was reading about you, and it says that while you were stationed in Fort Worth, you decided that you had had enough, and in your third year of high school, you drove your father's car to California to visit family, friends, and begin a music career. And then your father flew to California <laughs> in a friend's jet to basically come pick you up from a party you were not supposed to be at and bring you home. Can you tell us about that? What was that Ooh, like? And the part you're leaving out there is that he, he flew out there before he brought me back home. He whooped my skinny little ass. <laughs> 
really? He your ass? Yeah. He, was it in front of your friends? Oh, yeah. He, I was at a party, and I had a guitar out, and I was like, hey, guys, I've been trying something new. It's called music. <laughs> and they were like, whoa. And I was like, dig this, cool cats. And I started to sing a new song I wrote, a song, you know, years later would be released. But I was singing, and I was playing, and, and the, I was finally getting attention from girls, and, and all the guys thought I was cool. And then in walks my dad in his full Air Force regalia. He landed the F-16 on the front lawn. Oh, no. Of the person's house. He landed it right in there. And then he got out and he whipped off his belt and he said, come here, John Deuce, your door. (laughs) And he grabbed me by the back of the shirt and he whipped my skinny little ass. And then he he yanked me up by my undies. So I had a full-on wedgie and he threw me into the jet and we took off. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) The guitar was left there. Oh, so embarrassing. Yeah. What was was the ride home like? What was the ride home like? Well, loud. It was the jet. (laughs) But if it weren't so loud, it would have been... It would have been quiet because the two of us didn't. We weren't talking to each other for a while after that. Oh, no, I don't no. want to interrupt, but something very similar happened to me once. Oh, an, an Irishman with an abusive <laughs> father. Okay, before we get it, before <laughs> we get into crazy. anything offensive, before we that. get into anything I offensive, I went over to Zurich, and my me pappy said, "You better get back here to Ireland before I whip your skinny butt." And I said, "Oh, father, I wish you'd try." Oh, you never dare an abusive father. <laughs> They're going to take you up on it every time. Now you said that you flew over to to Dusseldorf. No, no, we didn't fly back then. It was mainly it was mainly taking boats. We I took a I took a boat over there with me girl with me lass. I traveled around quite a bit, trying to get trying to get away from me pa. And oh, he would come a running, trying to look for me, and I'd give him what for, cause he was a skinny bitch too. <laughs> so, uh, did he when he came to get you and bring you back? Did he put the did he pull the boat up to the front lawn <laughs> and then come and get you and then take you back? You know he. <laughs> he he gave it his best shot. He gave it his best shot. But a lot of the places that I went to were landlocked by many miles. <laughs> yeah, I was so, going to say, I think Zurich is quite far from any body of water. I don't know my geography, know, but... He gave it his best shot. He gave it his best shot. And I would talk to him and say, Oh, just tell me where you are with the boat and I'll go meet you. And he said, No, son, no, I'm coming there. I, I, don't, I don't even want a little bit of your help. I don't want to bring light to what's a serious conversation, but has anyone ever told you you sound kind of like a broken bagpipe being squeezed? <laughs> just all kinds of... T- Sir, <laughs> John Vinver, I just had no idea that you were going to get into so many Irish. I don't know that they're racial epithets, but they're definitely... It's definitely derogatory. It's derogatory based on your nationality, it feels uh, like. Well, they're a weaker race of people. <laughs> it's so- how we all talk. That's That's... <laughs> How we came up with a set of a bagpipe. Someone was playing it and said, that sounds like me neighbor. <laughs> now, getting back to John Denver. You sound like Scooby-Doo swallowed a bagpipe. <laughs> yes. I think there was I think there was a Scottish Scooby-Doo dog. Am I wrong about that? Maybe. Because there was oh, Scooby-Doo, right. there was Scrappy-Doo, like and there was a, a Scottish. Scottish cousin. That's ringing a bell. He wore like a little bonnet, I think. I think so. This does sound but- vaguely familiar. <laughs> but anyway, uh, John Denver. So you said that uh, you were you were trying this thing out with a guitar called music while you were at that party <laughs> yeah. in California, and you were actually uh, working wild, on one man. of your it songs. Was diff- you know, it was the '60s, man. <laughs> and music was just a new thing that was just suddenly around everywhere. <laughs> yeah, young people had never really listened to music. It wasn't our thing. It wasn't our bag. 
pipes, but you were working, <laughs> but you were working on a song that you said would eventually become one of your later songs. What song was that? That was a little song that is buried on my third album. You may never have heard oh, it. Oh, it's a B-side. Yeah, it's a B-side <laughs> on my third album. It's called Please, Please Give Me Attention, Women. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, people don't, it didn't really get as much attention as some of the other songs, but uh-huh. it, it's sort of burying my soul. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but could you share a little bit of that song with us? Sure. Right now? <laughs> I think I can remember it. Let's see. <laughs> it was in the key of <laughs> Please, please give me attention. We're at a party. And nobody likes me. Oh, now you guys like me. Oh, <laughs> shit, there's my dad. Everybody. It feels very stream of consciousness. I know. I wrote it ahead of time. It's the weird <laughs> ahead of time. I wrote that before this it went down, and I was debuting Ooh. it. Anyway, there's more to it. Like a lyrical Nostradamus yard. I I guess so. I just thought it was a cool song. To be honest, when I wrote it, I didn't even know (laughs) what the meaning was. And then it all became very clear when my dad bust in the party and whooped my little ass and threw me in a jet plane, (laughs) leaving on a jet plane. That song is about my dad whooping my ass. Oh, okay. So you wrote that song after the fact. Or did you write it beforehand? No, I wrote that later. Okay. That was, uh, I wrote that. Uh, that's what we call uh, using a memory to inspire a song. Something, oh, I, something okay. I came up with. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's very cool. It's very cool. Very innovative. Speaking of innovative, I'm going to pivot over to James Joyce. Now, Oy. James, you were born James Augustine Aloysius Joyce. Mm-hmm. Oy, that's a mouthful. <laughs> you can taste the corned beef when you say it. <laughs> if there are any Irish listeners that are listening right now, I don't know what I can do for you. <laughs> now, uh, I, I, if there are, then it's a miracle that they're operating I, some kind of radio <laughs> or listening device. Oh, John Denver, you're a pistol. I, 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 I support this. Okay, I'm in favor. <laughs> Thank I'm you. Not offended in the least. Good. It's actually, honestly the nicest anyone's ever talked to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, uh, James, I have a quick question. Uh, we just learned that John changed his name. Did you ever think about changing your name oh, to did. something? I did. I took out the two middle names because they are hard to say and remember. Okay, so you didn't think about changing your name to, like, James Dublin or anything like that? Oh, no. No, in Ireland, your your name is, um, it's, it's really a part of your soul. The only thing you're allowed to do is take names away you can't add or change at all yeah, oh. i can't think of anyone who's done that certainly not bono or <laughs> the edge i'll keep thinking though. i'll get back to you yeah and only two of those guys did that adam clayton kept on he held on to his name and then larry whoever larry mullen larry, larry mullen, mullen that's right i believe it's larry mullen senior's son that's right it's larry <laughs> mullen jr <laughs> So uh, something that I thought was really interesting while doing some research on you, James Joyce, is that before you were able to devote yourself full time to being an author, you had a number of professions. Oh, yes. Yeah. You taught English in Trieste. Uh, You then moved to Rome and became a bank clerk. You helped open Ireland's first cinema, the Volta Cinematograph. Mm -hmm. You opened another theater. You tried to open, you tried to import Irish tweed to Trieste. What were some other jobs that you had? They were all basically just get rich quick schemes. You know, I was part of a number of pyramid schemes. Pyramid schemes? Pyramid schemes. I, what we would do is we would say, um, you know, how many. How many many bagpipes do you want per month? Because if you send me 
two, then I'll, I send one to the person who got me involved originally. But if you if you get more people to send bagpipes, then you get more bagpipes. You see how it works. I have a quick question. I, now, I'm, I'm not uh, sorry. I don't mean to correct you, but are bagpipes an Irish thing or are they a Scottish thing uh, or, or do sore, they fit This both? is a sore subject because the Scottish bastards stole it. They ripped it, oh, they they ripped it from our drunken lips. They did. Oh, we were holding on for dear life. <laughs> Uh, but they, they came a rummaging in with our skirts and we were distracted because oh, what a thing to wear, you know. So you call them skirts in Ireland. I, yes, we do, because fuck those guys, you know. Hey, I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> now, you uh, also, uh, something that I thought was interesting was oh, that... Do you want me to tell you more about the different jobs that I had? Oh, yes, All I'm the so different sorry. Schemes. Go ahead. Oh, wait, I was a house flipper for a little while. A house flipper? A house flipper, only we did it different. We would buy a house and then we would ruin it. And we would we would sort of like rip walls out and stuff. And then we would sell it to other people and say, look, you should buy this house because you can flip it yourself. Now, how were you That's able to... bad business. Well, it's it didn't. Bad. That's all it, I have to Well, say it didn't bad. work out. It obviously didn't work out because you're not sitting here talking to James Joyce, the house flipper. You're talking to James Joyce, the famous writer. I'm amazed that the acumen of an Irishman didn't succeed in the end. <laughs> So I have a question. So in these days, how did you let people know that you had a house on the market? Oh, we had uh, we had various methods. You know, we uh, we we tended to be a, a bit of drinkers. You know, and no, so what you, no. would do, <laughs> what you would do, John, John, would, I'm sorry. Keep going. Of, I've never just, heard a story like this. this. <laughs> <laughs> it was just sort of the the pubs were like the Craigslist of the day. You would just go there and just like say say whatever it is that you wanted, or had you you had your services. You just kind of go in there and you'd say, you know, uh, horny male seeks, uh, you know, a uh, 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 companion for the evening, or you'd say, oh, I want to give away a desk. Oh wow! So the pubs were sort of like the Craigslist mm-hmm. of I, turn that's of the century. Literally, just what I said. Okay, all right. Well, I was looking at notes at the time, so <laughs> I understand. But, oh, so yeah, so I would go there and I would say, oh, you're never going to believe this this uh, fixer-upper I got over here. You could just turn a, a quick little profit on. And someone would go and they'd say, oh, this looks like that really nice house that I saw a little while ago. And I'd say, yes, but now it's a fixer-upper, so you could make even more money on it. <laughs> Don't you know? Uh, now, I just have to ask, did people literally, did a, did a, would a man walk into a pub and say, Horny male seeks companion <laughs> for evening. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I do on the regular. <laughs> Wait, you do that? What you just shout at a yeah. bar? Yeah. Yeah. Once you're famous like me, I, you instead of just horny male, you say, "I'm John Denver. I'm a horny male, and I seek companion for <laughs> evening, and I always get one." <laughs> And you, so you were looking for a horny male for the evening? No, <laughs> no. So I didn't know this. I didn't no, know this. Damn this it! Is... No, I'm the horny male. I'm looking for a companion. You're a horny male looking for companionship. I am so sorry. I didn't mean to uh, misrepresent you like that. You know what? If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are the influential 20th century Irish author James Joyce. Oi, that's me. And country music hitmaker John Denver. me <laughs> <laughs> now james joyce some of your earliest writings uh i didn't know this were actually theatrical reviews oh yes you wrote these reviews while you were at the university college dublin and you wrote a review of ibsen's when we dead awaken and you received a lot of praise in theatrical literary circles however you wrote an article on irish theater that your college magazine 
refused to print. Oh, yeah, still sorry about that one. And then you had to actually print up the review yourself and distribute it. Could you tell us a little bit more about what the article was about oh, and yes. maybe why they decided not to? It was a review of a theater company that we had over there in Ireland. Um, and uh, I just wasn't a fan. And so I basically my whole review was about how much they sucked dick. And I and I used that phrase specifically. I was like, these Irish bastards, they're, they they <laughs> think they're doing theater, like- but they that they fucking suck dick. These these boys do. And so and then my college, they, they, they thought that it was a little controversial, you see. And so. They decided it, it would be to... controversial these days, too. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's a somewhat also, homophobic thing to say. It is people. homophobic, and it's also, I like how you, you're in Ireland, but you still specify that they were Irish <laughs> bastards. <laughs> it's is... important to be specific. You knew that if you were a writer yourself. But why did you dislike them? Like, what was wrong with... They were just really bad at theater. They were just really bad at it. They were just bad at theater? Like, they in were what way were they picking it. bad... Were they picking bad plays no, or were they, they bad were just, actors? They were or? just, uh, they, they were doing this thing. Um, I think you call it improv these days. No, you know? no. <laughs> they didn't have a script or anything. They never had rehearsals. They would just get up there and dick around for a little while. And everyone in the audience was just like, you know, friends and family. They're trying to pretend like what they were doing was good. <laughs> but everybody knew in the back of their heads and in their hearts that it was terrible. Wow. So even in those days, everybody had a hard on to troll improv <laughs> Oh, Even yes. in those days. Oh yes, I said these son of these Irish motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> just getting up on stage and jerking each other off is what they're doing. Well, so maybe you could tell us: were they doing improv games? Were they doing, uh, or were they doing like it long was, form improv? Yeah, was, would they do like an Irish improv game of the time? Like, <laughs> what's an Irish improv like, game? Imp- you know, their shit stand lean. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Know, like, their version is. Drunk, abusive, <laughs> or starving to death. <laughs> you're in the scene. You're either drunk or you're oh, abusive or you're you're actively oh, starving to oh, death. Oh, John Denver, it's like you were there. Oh, <laughs> and there's boy. a fourth person, but they're already emigrated to America. <laughs> they they got, got out. They went somewhere else. You know, we had other cultures to populate. Uh, sure. Yeah, he basically hit the nail on the head. We <laughs> we liked to do that game where you uh you you just go through the alphabet and everything you say has to start with that letter. You know, that's basically it. That's all we did for, that's all they did for like 30 years or so. Oh, so this improv game, you just, you have to, you, is it you say a sentence or you oh, just have yeah. to say Oh yeah, so like word? I would say, uh, I would start off and I would go, uh, ah, look at how pretty this guy is. And someone else would go, blue, yeah, this guy is. Blue. Oh, Tom Denver, let's, let's, let's do it, it. let's do it. it. All right, here, here. I'm going to give you, so your location is you're <laughs> both in a doctor's office. Okay, and which letter should we start with? Start with, let's start with, uh, uh, L. L. Oh, oh, loose bowels. That's why I'm here, Dr. Loose Bowels. <laughs> My God, that's a stinky doo-doo in your pants. <laughs> oh, now you're telling me, doctor. Oh my God. <laughs> There's blood in your stool. Please take a look inside me bum and tell me what's wrong. Hmm. I don't know. And see, that's where the okay, Irishmen would screw up because they don't know their alphabet. Oh, okay. They don't know Q? Cool. I guess not. I guess. Wait, would you, so would you use the Gaelic? Would you use Gaelic alphabet or would you We use... would. We would. And I'm not going to go through it now because. Why don't you show us a little it's, Gaelic? It's very, well, you can't literally show someone over the radio. <laughs> you can <laughs> radio. You can to... speak it on the radio. <laughs> 
could, but it's more of a written thing, you know. I like, think it's a spoken being thing. Able to show, well. no, yeah. no, you don't speak Gaelic you outside do, Ireland. Okay. Yeah, don't you don't speak Gaelic out of Ireland, and you don't change your name outside Ireland, inside Ireland. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I. All right. Well, um, so that's why now they, they told you uh, not to print the pamphlet because they said we're not going to print this because of all the curse words and it's awfully rude to a bunch of kids who are just trying their best. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, I sort of get that, and I can sort of get behind that. You don't. You don't want to be like unnecessarily rude. Oh no, I did. Oh, okay. You I did want. Be... I wanted them to stop. I wanted them to know that what they were doing was bad. <laughs> And so I wanted to be as harsh as possible. But that's so interesting to me because something that you're known for is your stream of consciousness writing. And improvisation is very much stream of consciousness. So Aye. I'm sort of curious, why was it okay for you, but not okay for this theatrical group? Well, because I don't have somebody come into my room and watch me write it. I don't have someone go, oh, look, check this out. I'm going to just write a bunch of words or whatever I'm thinking. You don't like you showing know? the process. Exactly. You know, <laughs> like I, I'll write down the stream of conscious a little bit and I'll go, oh, this is very good. Somebody should print this, you know. But I don't say, hey, you, everybody, hey, pay, pay $5 and buy two drinks. So you can sit here and just watch me write me novel, you know. It's nice to know that you liked your own work. And oh, that, you, yeah. that you said, oh, this yeah, is pretty good. It, it was, was very good. Very good. <laughs> Influential I'm, I was. I'm on board with your criticism of improv comedy. <laughs> I tried to sit oh, through a show you. and I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't fucking do it. Well, then you're in the majority <laughs> there, John I Denver. I guess so. You know, my grandson does improv. Oh, I, my condolences. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Now, uh, I'm going to go back to John Denver here. Now, John, your first album, Rhymes and Reasons. Now, this album did well, but it did not do well enough for RCA to actually finance a tour for you. Right. So you took it upon yourself. The world was deprived of my dynamic stage presence. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you were really interesting. You had the hair and you had those those, sort of sparkly shirts and the the David Koresh-looking glasses. I mean, you're describing what sounds to me like a great entertainer. (laughs) His clothes, his hair, and his glasses. Well, we're getting to it. So you took it upon yourself to put on an impromptu supporting tour throughout the Midwest, offering to play free concerts at local venues. And so you would go to all of these different places like uh, schools, colleges, the American Legion Hall, a local coffee house, and you would offer to play. And then if you could play... Then you would go around and you would sort of do guerrilla marketing. You would just try and get the John Denver name out there and make sure that people showed up. What were some some of the uh, some of the guerrilla marketing techniques that you employed in order to get people to your shows? Sure. I mean, first, I remember I was in a small college town in Ohio and I gave out free Red Bull. <laughs> free Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. I had a little, you know, and uh, oh, that'll make the kids come I didn't, running. I didn't know that uh, the Red Bull was around at the time. That's amazing. Yeah, it was around. It just did. People didn't really know about it. And I gave free Red Bull and people were like, this shit's bananas, dude. <laughs> and I was like, I know. Come see a show tonight. You got all that energy. How about starting a mosh pit at a John Denver show? Wow. So you encourage people to mosh at a John Denver show. Yeah. People didn't usually take me up on it. And- there's a lot of lost audio of me in a concert saying, come on, you fuckers, fight each other. Get fucking mad. So were you kind of like a folk Gigi Allen? Like you would uh, like, yeah. you, like you would sort of encourage people to like fight and throw dog feces and roll around on broken glass? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't as bad as, you know, I didn't go as far as Gigi Allen. He was an inspiration when I saw him, you know, flinging his own feces later and 
and sexually assaulting people in the crowd. I thought, oh, why didn't I do that? But, you know, you live, you learn. And there's it's just thank God that Gigi Allen, I mean, people don't realize this. I'm a big Gigi Allen fan. Really? I love three things. I love I love soft guitar music, skiing in the Rocky Mountains, and fucking Gigi Allen. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So did you ever meet Gigi Allen? Oh, yeah. Did you two hang out? We hung out. We got down. He, uh, you know, he had some pretty weird views about Hitler. <laughs> Whoa, what were those? Wait, was, was, I mean, he was just was it, into was it. Was it that he didn't like Hitler? No, quite the opposite. He liked Wait, Hitler. did you think it would be weird that people would not like Hitler? Oh, yeah. His choice? Oh, well, yeah. I guess well, given Gigi Allen, you oh. might think it. No, so he, oh, okay. that he liked sense. Hitler, and he, he knew I was. I told him my real name was Dusseldorf, and he was like, oh, you must be German. I bet you like this cat named Hitler from the history. And I was like, actually, no, I don't care for him. So so he wasn't doing it to be uh, sort of um, uh, in your face or trying to get a rise out of people. Gigi Allen genuinely liked Hitler. Yeah, no, he he was into the cat. Yeah. And I just didn't care for him, didn't dig what he had to say. I don't understand why that's a controversial thing to say. That you don't like Hitler? No, that you do like Hitler. Oh, James Joyce. <laughs> I'm just being. I'm just being honest. And Don't just, tarnish your legacy. Aren't people allowed to have opinions about other people? Is that? I guess so. But I you're not think, allowed to be controversial about. I think that's one guy. That don't you he just have some good qualities? I don't think so. I Wait, think he's sort of the personification of evil. Mm, uh, well, you know, tweet his own, I suppose. Oh, not. I don't think that applies here. Well, this is something <laughs> of a coup for the show. We had no idea that James Joyce is actually a Nazi sympathizer. Oh, I'm not a Nazi sympathizer myself. I just think. People should be able to think whatever they... It's a First Amendment thing, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, dude. You're getting in some dangerous territory here. Wait, are you willing to answer right now, James Joyce, on I, the record, oh, do yes. you or do you not like Adolf Hitler? Oh, you know, I have never met the fella. He's never done anything uh, mean to me, oh. so I don't have any reason to think that he might be good or bad. That feels a little bit like you're passing the buck. It feels like you have enough information to oh, make a judgment I just on don't it. think the science is in on it yet. The, you science, know? the science is in on it? Wait, yeah. do you think this wow. is like climate change? Oh, yeah. This is fucking crazy. I'm just going to wait until I get all the data. You James know? Joyce. I want to make an informed decision. Oh, my God. Is this just another one of those free association, like just stream of consciousness, James Joyce? No, no, I would never force two people to sit through that oh no absolutely not i feel like i'm starting to get the picture why he didn't ever do improv himself <laughs> he probably would have said some pretty startling shit on stage oh is this wait is this why you didn't care for improv is because you knew that you couldn't do it because no. if, if you if you <laughs> if no. somebody if somebody gave a suggestion <laughs> of war then you would immediately come out and go i'm adolf hitler and i've got some good ideas <laughs> Yeah, you know, listen, I I wasn't scared to do improv. I would have happily gotten up there on that stage and talked all about the various things that I either do or do not believe based on the information that I. Had I mean, that's what improv based is. on the information that you had. <laughs> oh yes, that's true. But uh, no, no, had had if somebody had given me the suggestion of war, I would have said, oh, you know, listen, 
yeah, these these folks they're starting wars and everything. Like I don't like you try to annex Poland or whatever. Like I don't see what the big deal is. You know, okay. this of course was before World War II, so that just would have been just like a random idea, you know. Sure, sure. Okay, all right. Well, you know, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Now, had I done improv after World War II, it would have been the same. It would have been the exact same. <laughs> exact same. Your scene. point of view would not have changed. Oh at no! All. But like, like I said, I'm still getting the information. My my thinking is progressing on this. Just the more data that I get. It sounds like you think improv is just getting up and ranting about any specific topic (laughs) uninterrupted. Is it not? Is that not the case? I guess so. For some people. (laughs) Every improv show that I've ever seen has been that. And boy, oh, was it bad. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, I am horrified to learn any of this information about you. But I have one. I don't see why it's so controversial. Well, why don't you think that it's controversial? It's just opinions, you know. Sorry, did you have a question for me? Uh, no. Opinions, I was... <laughs> opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got Ooh, one. You really want to get your face in there. <laughs> okay. <Is> that... <laughs> yeah, sure. Is that not what you were going with it? I wasn't, but... Opinions are like assholes. You just want to <laughs> bury your face in it. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm liking this guy more and more. Well, this seems like as fine a time as any to take a break. No. We are Famous Dead People. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back just after this brief commercial announcement. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioForBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us. Whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support This Show button. Thanks again for listening. And now back to the podcast. And welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I am your guest host filling in for Jarrett Berenstein. I am Austin Sanders. Jarrett Berenstein is uh, somewhere out on a boat, uh, an organization that is out at sea. I don't know which one, but uh, we hope to see him next week. Now, we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today on Famous Dead People are the avant-garde Irish author James Joyce. That's me! And American singer-songwriter John Denver. And that's me, Mario! (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I have a question for you, John Denver. Now, you had a very long relationship with Jerry Weintraub. Jerry Weintraub was your manager, and eventually you severed that relationship, and this feels very appropriate for what we were just talking about. Oh, you found out he was Jewish? (laughs) No, No, I knew the whole time. (laughs) Well, we're getting to it. We're getting to it. So uh, during the conversation where you fired Jerry Weintraub as your manager, Weintraub (laughs) threw you out of his office, and he accused you of Nazism. What happened in that meeting? Can I can I answer? Did did everyone in the office carry you out on their shoulders triumphantly because they were so proud of you? 
I'm no, they didn't. <laughs> Why would they be so proud of him for? What's that? Well, he for, just got called anti-Semitic. Is is that is that a, a thing to be proud of? No, well, you know, you just I just think you should be proud of everything. You know, like well, be just be who you are. Isn't that what oh, the gay pride parade saying. is all about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm. Yeah. You're saying that pride is pride, no matter what. Pride, pride is gay pride, pride is the same as white pride, Nazi pride, nation's pride. It sounds like that's what James Joyce is saying. I just, I gotta reread your books, dude. You are out there. <laughs> well, what happened in this meeting, John? What happened? Okay, he accused. I think it was unfair mm-hmm. to, for him to accuse me of of Nazism. I just told him, you know, I don't, I don't like you. I don't want you to be my manager anymore. And, you know, I might have said something, you know, I might have gotten out there a little bit and said, uh, you know. Did you say uh, a racial epithet? Or I might have. I might you have. might have? Oh, which yeah. one did you use? I love them all. I might have. I might have said something to the tune <laughs> Well, you don't, you don't have to say the actual word. I In fact, I'm going to ask you not to say the fact, actual word. As much as I like it, I think it might be best <laughs> I think that we can Are skip you sure? it. Are sure? I'll well, say it. Maybe so. You can... <laughs> so it's so. What Jerry Weintraub said was not really that far off. Well, look, I I think it's it's no secret. I I have a major rage problem. I write these gentle songs, but in the end of the day, I come from a family where my dad would whoop my skinny little ass all over the country. Sure. So there's part of me that wants to whoop everybody's skinny little asses too, and sometimes. You want to whoop their skin, skinny little asses mentally. Oh, and, okay. that, and what you do is you call them the most hurtful name you can possibly call them based on things that they cannot control about themselves. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. And yeah, it, it doesn't help when I'm a blonde haired, you know, German descent white dude who loves to go skiing. It doesn't look great. It's not a great look on you, no. No. It's not a great look on you. No. But I said what I said. And if I could take it back, Fuck it, I wouldn't. I, I said what I said. <laughs> that's, that feels very on par with the John Denver that I've gotten to know in, in this interview. Yeah, man, let it all hang out there. Sometimes you say shit you don't mean, but you can't take it back. <laughs> you gotta just let it hang out there. That Jerry Weintraub's real. You definitely shouldn't apologize. <laughs> Never apologize. Never. <laughs> don't apologize for the things you say. They happened, and so you might as well say them again. It's gotten louder. Might as well say them again. Might as well say them again. Double down. Louder. <laughs> I thought you guys didn't want me to say it. Well, I'll say no, it. No, 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 no. Don't listen to James Joyce. Okay. Do not. Li- In fact, everybody, if you're listening at home, do not listen to James Just Joyce. Just be proud of who you are. That's all I'm saying. Hey, and I agree. Austin Sanders is saying you should be ashamed to be a homosexual, but no, I, I say it. at no I'm point did I say you should be proud. Look, at no point did I say that. Don't James Joyce, you should be proud that Jerry Weintraub <laughs> is ultimately a money. Okay, all right, guys. All right, we are going to skip. We're going to move right on over to, okay. and I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm moving on to James Joyce. <laughs> I don't know why. A victory. All right, James. So one of your most famous novels is A Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man. Hi. Yes. What maybe some people don't know is that it is a nearly complete rewrite of your abandoned original novel, Stephen Hero. Yes. I was wondering if you could fill us in on what the original novel of Stephen Hero was. Because Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man is about a young man who is learning to become an artist. He's learning to appreciate his aesthetic. And that's 
about what the book is is in a very round in a very roundabout way. That's basically what it is. I yes, through a lot of style. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if you could tell us. Was Stephen Hero something else beforehand? Was it a different kind of novel? It was, but the art that he was doing was a little bit different than what the portrait of the artist. The portrait of the artist, trying to find an aesthetic, trying to find something that works for him. Stephen Hero was, he was trying to find his own aesthetic. And Mm -hmm. basically what it was, was, you know, he was on a bit of a sexual tirade around Dublin, you see. And he was just trying to figure out exactly what kind of deviant he, he was just trying everything, you know. He was trying to, he was trying to be a deviant. He know what he, he knew that he was in his heart. Like he knew that that's, that's the kind of person that he was going to be. And he just needed a little guidance just to figure out exactly what kind (laughs) of dirty sexual bits of deviance that he was, he was just, he wanted to try the whole palette. He just needed the gentle hand of a guiding pervert. If you will. (laughs) Or maybe a couple of perverts. And maybe a couple of perverts. The gentle hand of a guiding pervert. (laughs) Now, a lot of people know that Stephen Hero eventually became Stephen Daedalus, which is, a lot of people know, was a sort of stand-in for you in a lot of your novels. So, are you talking about yourself in this? Oh, no. The things that I was writing about in in Stephen Hero were way too vanilla compared to the things that I was doing in real life. Oh my gosh. Oh, it got even worse than everything. If you think about, think about the portrait of a Yaris's young man as sort of like the the G-rated version of Stephen Hero, which was a G-rated version of James Joyce's life. He's shaking uncontrollably. Are you <laughs> noticing that? I'm noticing it. I Are apologize. Okay? It's just that all the blood has gone down to me erection and oh. I'm having a hard time just sitting in me chair. It's so fucking big. Oh. <laughs> getting, Jesus Christ. Getting I, lightheaded. I don't want to ask this question. I don't want to ask this question, but you but said... But you will. Yes, you said that it's G-rated. You said Aye. that it's G-rated compared to what you really were like. Aye, yes. What were some of the things that you were into? Oh, boy. You know, I don't... <laughs> I just uh, I want to caution any listeners out there who maybe have who are maybe pregnant because if you hear this you may you become may become more pregnant. You may become more pregnant. <laughs> I I think if any pregnant women are listening, uh, their child is going to be cursed already. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'll give you just a little taste of something that we liked to do. Please, uh, you know, uh, one of the one of the little pieces that I used to uh, uh, enjoy experimenting with, and you know, this was just experimenting, trying to figure out. Who I was, you know, I was a young man, you know, just exploring me sexuality. What I like to do is I like to find just the most disgusting homeless person that I could, that I just, (laughs) the most disgusting. disgusting. And, you know, we'd get like a regular homeless person and we just, we just gross him up a bit more, you know. And I just like to just like take my face and just bury it in his bum. Just like get my eyeballs (laughs) Just get eyeballs deep in there. Just, uh, just see if I can have a look around. You know, just. I'm actually kind of... somewhat relieved. I was worried it was going to be worse than what you just said. <laughs> well, that's just the tip of the iceberg, laddie. Just the tip of the iceberg. That's okay. the tip of the iceberg, laddie. Wait, what else would happen? Oh, you know. <laughs> oh boy. Tip of the iceberg is shoving your face in a homeless guy's <laughs> ass. Yeah. Then what? What happens next? Oh boy. Oh, you know, some people are into feet. Did you know that? Into feet, yeah. Some people yes. are into feet. Some people are into feet, but without the rest of the person, you see. And so what <laughs> we do, 
we would just take a couple of, we'd just take as many feet as we could find and we'd bury our faces in it. Just get get our eyeballs right into that pile of feet. And so just, there's just dismembered feet scattered oh, across yeah. Dublin. And these were oh, human feet, not like pig's feet, not oh. like sheep's feet, not like lamb's feet. These are human feet that we, you were digging We started up. with human feet, but you know the thing we about... started with human feet. started with human feet, but you know the thing is, you know, you're, uh, uh, the, you, things can get stale a little bit. You got to shake it up. You got to get a little dirtier as the days go by, you know. That is true. I can verify. <laughs> oh, wait, John Denver, have you done this yourself? Have well, you I haven't dug- done that, but you know, you do some sick shit on tour. You start, you, you get up in front of... 10,000 people and you play country roads, you're going to have more coups coming at you than you know what to do with. Sometimes even peens coming at you. You don't care. At a certain point, it's just, hey, hey, John Denfrey, a hole is a hole and a hole is a goal. <laughs> All right. Now, my next movie. You are a writer, aren't you? Holy shit. Hey, that's the James Joyce original right there. Yeah. So, uh, speaking, uh, speaking <laughs> oh, of James God. Joyce originals, I want to stay with James Joyce for just a second, but mm-hmm. moving on in topic. So, Ulysses is mm-hmm. perhaps your most well known work. I... There are college courses devoted to teaching just this one book. I mm-hmm. took a college class that actually spent uh, just a, two months on just Ulysses. Whew. So it's a very dense, very thick novel. Hey, dense. With a lot of... Um, thick. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right, James Joyce, all right. But featuring a lot of the modernist avant-garde techniques that you became uh, synonymous with. I, so yes. a lot of people love it. Some people don't care for it. My question for you is, <laughs> do you like Ulysses? Oh, I love Ulysses. Oh, it's what I, it's just, it's, it's an incredible work of art. You know, did you did you did you enjoy Ulysses when you read it in college? I had a I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed the fact that I had a class to go over it with me. You know, the thing I don't like about books, you know, just like general novels and books and oh, things like this? this. There's just you know, you read it and you get the story and you figure it out. I want a book where you read like two sentences and then you got to go read another book to figure out what those two sentences mean. And then you got to then you continue reading the book you realize that every word in that sentence was actually a reference to different passages in the Bible, and then you got to go read another book to figure out what that You're book meant. You're just describing Ulysses right now. I, You're just yes, descri- yes, I wrote the book that I wanted to read. I, wow. Every book was something that I wanted to read. I wanted to read a book of a young man going from bum-looking to torture porn, and then I wanted to read a book that made me read like 20 other books just to figure out what the fuck was going on. <laughs> I never read that book. But you never read Ulysses? But I'm going to run out to my local bookstore now and buy it. Hey, Sounds fun. You should get one with like a little companion piece that lets you know exactly what it's about. That is the way to read it. That's I... the way I recommend. Now, John Denver, uh, not to bring up another person with whom you had a, let's say, not great relationship. Uh-oh, but here we go. Uh, in 1975, you were awarded the Country Music Association's Entertainer of the Year Award. And at the ceremony, the outgoing Entertainer of the Year, Charlie Rich, presented the award to you. However, in protest, he set the envelope that contained your name on fire, (gasps) essentially burning your name in effigy in front of everybody at the CMAs. So could you describe for us what was the beef between the two of you? Did you ever settle this beef? Uh, the beef was, uh, people think he did that because he thought I wasn't real country music, that my music was soft, and and he, he didn't like it. But it's actually because... I think that's unfair. That's, I think that's unfair. That is unfair, and I'll tell you the real reason he did it. It's because I uh, after his show, he was like, uh, 
he we 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 played on a bill together, and he said, "Hey, great stuff! I love your stuff, John Denver." And I said, "Shut up, Charlie, bitch!" <laughs> I called him Charlie Bitch, and he didn't like that. He didn't care for it, so he set my name on fire. You know what? That feels. I feel like I sort of understand why he would say something like that now. I feel why why he would do something like that. Yeah. It seems like you were very antagonistic with Charlie Rich. Hey, he's a bitch. I didn't make him a bitch. He was born a bitch. <laughs> and sometimes you got to call things like you see him. And if you see a bitch, you say bitch. And he should be proud to be a bitch because I believe you should be proud of your identity. Exactly. Be proud. Whether, whether you're a bitch or a homosexual or a Nazi sympathizer. Once again, just pride is pride. Pride, no matter across, what, the board. pride across the board. No one's ever said that pride was a bad thing. Not in history. <laughs> and I'm proud of being a rage-filled psychopath who writes gentle music. And has a drinking problem. <laughs> well, my next question for you was, did you did the two of you ever settle this beef? Did the two of you ever come to any sort of acrimonious uh, I settled relationship? it by whooping his skinny little ass <laughs> backstage. Wow, so the two of you came to blows backstage? Yeah. And who he, won the he fight? Went, Please don't hurt me, Mr. Denver. I said, shut your fucking ass up. And I took off my belt. I whooped his fucking ass in front of everybody. Everybody saw it. If you ask anybody in the country music business, who's who's the biggest bitch of them all? I'll say Charlie Rich. Charlie Rich is a bitch. Charlie bitch. Wow. I had no idea that John Denver was this way. I, had I wish I could no give idea. you a VMA just for that. And I take it. If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests today are the country music hitmaker John Denver. Country roads take me home. <laughs> And the influential 20th century Irish author, James Joyce. Ethan Begora. There it is. There it is. I was waiting for that all day. All right. Now, John Denver, we've talked a lot about your rage. And uh, we've we've had a lot of fun talking about your rage. But I wanted to talk to you about something that maybe not as many people know about, which is that uh, in your memoirs, you wrote about your history with spousal uh, spousal abuse, specifically that you choked your first wife, and then during Ooh. your divorce, uh, during your divorce, you would you cut your marital bed in half with a chainsaw. That was just practical. The, practical <laughs> cutting the chainsaw. She was like, "Oh, you snore," and I was like, "Oh, you fart in your sleep." Uh, and I said, "What if I just cut the bed in half?" What's What's he supposed to do? Go out in the middle of the night and buy a new bed? Yeah, they both have their own crazy. bed. Well, certainly not. But I think most people would agree that you could sit down, you could have a conversation, you could uh, explain your feelings with each other. I don't think you have to get a chainsaw and cut the bed in half. Well, um, why, potato, potato. Why would you fucking have a chainsaw if not to chop your fucking bed in half? Well, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But I guess my question for you is: Are you in a better place now, especially especially with the spousal abuse? Are are you are you in a better mindset now? Are you in a better place? Yeah, I mean, I, Do you understand that what you did was a bad thing, a wrong thing. I get it. Now I get it. It was wrong. It was wrong to call Jerry Weintraub a money. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't go, in. Don't go into it. Don't go into it. Okay, Don't go into fine. it. Okay, fine. That was wrong. We all get it. We that all get it. That was wrong. Whipping Charlie Rich's ass was probably wrong. No. I still don't apologize. Okay, good. That was not wrong. I'm actually with you on that. Okay. Whipping Charlie Rich's ass is fine. And how I treated my wives and the things I did, those those were those were wrong. That was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. That's fair. And I think that we're all really glad to hear that. I, we're all really glad to hear I, that you accept that this was a bad thing well, to you, do. You know what cured me of my my rage problem was... Oh, what was that? I, I grew to have a love of flying. 
you grew to, you developed your love of flying yeah. and it sort of centered you. Yeah. And I, that cured me of my rage. I didn't have rage anymore up well, in the sky. Sounds very peaceful up there. Oh, it's great. You got to try it. I'll take you out for a spin anytime. So the way that so the way that some people might if they're having an argument with their significant other, they'll go for a walk. You would just hop in a plane. My advice to anyone who's got marital troubles, which is probably everyone who's married. We've all got, we've marital, all got troubles. marital troubles. We've all got them. My advice is go down to your local liquor store, pick up a fifth of Jack Daniels. And that's it. No, 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 there's more. That's the end of the no, advice. Hold on, what's second James Joyce? Hold on, what's second James Joyce? Piece of cake. You jump, you go down, you get the fifth of Jack Daniels, then you go to your local airport and you pick up a plane and you fly into the sky and you just watch your troubles melt away. That's what I tell people. All right, well, that's a fair That's a fair. Get point. loaded and fly. That's another song I wrote that never got released. <laughs> oh, wait, wait uh, could you give us a little bit of Get Loaded and Fly? It was more of a rocking tune. It was... Get loaded and fly high, way up high in the sky. Your wife is mad because your chains on your bed. I love this Jerry song. Wine drop. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're gonna stop. We're gonna stop. We're gonna stop. Okay. We're gonna stop. Okay. It's, it's it's interesting. This song is interesting. It sounds like there's some Gigi Allen in it. If yeah, I'm not mistaken. Well, he rubbed off on me. <laughs> I can tell. I can there's tell. There's a second verse that uh, would not be fit for radio. Even it was worse than the one you just heard. <laughs> All in, right. In the sentiments that were revealed. <laughs> All right. So moving back over to uh, James Joyce. Hello. So, uh, so we were just discussing. <laughs> we were just discussing. He just popped up out of a field. <laughs> you sounded like a. You sounded I like. I wasn't sure if you could see me. <laughs> like the gopher in Caddyshack. You just popped your head up. Hello. That character was based upon me. Oh, was it really? Hey. Not oh. a lot of people know this, but um, uh, Rodney Dangerfield was reading Dubliners at the time. Oh, is that true? That's right. <laughs> he Not was a lot a... of people realize how much influence he had over the script. It's the reason why that movie's a national treasure. Oh, wow. Uh, well, um, so you have an affinity for Greek mythology. Aye. Now, Stephen Daedalus, of course, taking his name from the mythological father of Icarus. Icarus, yes. And then Ulysses sharing a structure with the Odyssey. Mm. So my question for you is, what is it about Greek, me- Greek mythology that drew you to it? And in what ways did you feel they made a good transition or a good translation within the Irish setting? I just, I like that they were true stories told about real gods just being real. You Wait, know? do you think that gods are real? Oh, no, those gods, definitely. The the uh, the Greek mythology, those were real. And they were just being real with it. Did you ever see... Um, real Did world? you ever see the real world? <laughs> yeah. You know what I love about that show is it's real. You know, just, just a bunch of people this is being real. A bunch of gods. Real. What happens just when they... Seeing what happens when you put them all on a mountain and they're just real with each other, you know? And so that's that's how I viewed the Greek mythology, which is sort of like, you know, I finally, you know, pe- they don't have any pretense. They're not trying to impress anybody. They're just being themselves. They're just being who they are. Okay, is, and, and that's the Irish people. They're just oh, being yeah. who they are. That's how... Like they're on a reality show. I think so, yeah. And people think, that, you know, that... Uh, uh, you know, we tend to be a little, uh, a, a little too forward sometimes. We tend to just, you know, speak our minds. Sure, it's just, just trying to be real. You know, we're just trying to get real. You and you were just trying to get real by bringing in your real beliefs Aye. into the setting that you were writing about. I yes, yes. Okay. And I wanted to, I wanted to let them know that they were free to come back anytime that they wanted. 
that they were that they were more than welcome in Ireland. Fair point. Well, in an interview, this is my final question for you, James Joyce. In an interview, you were quoted as saying, for myself, I always write about Dublin because if I can get to the heart of Dublin, I can get to the heart of all the cities of the world. And the particular is contained the universal. In what way do you think Dublin is a stand-in for all of the cities of the world? Ah, oh, my fair Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have a John Denver song coming. <laughs> My fair Dublin. Ooh, what an unexpected treat. Guinness Factory. <laughs> All right. That's enough, John. Okay. That's enough. Okay. I don't think he's gone far enough. Um, uh, so in what way do you think Dublin uh, is a stand-in for all fair, the cities of the me world? fair Dublin. Oh, boy. You know, I, I've traveled to a bunch of different cities. I've, I've uh, been all over the world. But there's really uh, Dublin is basically just a, a a facsimile for every other every other place in the world. It's a little bit like Las Vegas, you know. Have you ever been to Vegas? They have like a little Paris there. They have like a little New York. Oh yeah, that's the basically coaster. Dublin. Yeah. Dublin is basically the same. It's got a little Saigon in it. It's got a little Detroit, Michigan. Wait, there's it, a little Detroit section of Dublin. It's every every part of Dublin is a different part of the world. There's no place in Dublin that's just Dublin. It's either you know little uh, uh, little Florida or uh, little Sudan. Little or Florida, little, little Su- Sudan. So it's states: little Florida, mm-hmm. little Sudan. Well, Sudan's a country, I believe. But yeah, uh, con- you know, it just it, you know it, 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 it does. Specific or general as you like. I believe in Dublin there's a little there's a place called Little Western Hemisphere. Little Western Hemisphere. Hey, hey. Dublin sounds fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't quite good. understand that. There's also a bunch of places in Dublin that are like haven't even been discovered yet. You know? Like there's li- there's uh the, how, how have they not been discovered? There's like little places that aren't on Earth, you know. There's oh. place like there's there's like little Xandar, which is a place that's in the center of Jupiter. There's a place in Dublin uh, called Alpha Centaur Y, Wait, which is Xandar, like Xandar from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, oh, if the... that's where the name, if that that's where they chose the name from, then I don't okay. have any, uh, you know, power over what they decide to do with their ty- with their creative uh, ideas. Well, fair enough. Fair I, enough. Uh, so there's also a sex dungeon. There's also a sex- <laughs> A big sex dungeon Dublin, in Dublin. Every other little sex dungeon. Every no, they call it the big sex dungeon. <laughs> All right, moving every on. Every other from place. That. Every other place in Dublin is little. Is little this and little that, but not. The All right, thing. I can see James on, Joyce just, getting ready to just, bury his great, face in an ass. So we're going to go back over dungeon. to John Denver. I just booked my ticket on <laughs> Expedia to Dublin. I'm leaving later today. <laughs> You're gonna tell me where that sex dungeon is. Good, I reckon. Oh, it's it's not easy. It's not hard to find. It's not hard to find. Okay. So, hard to miss if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, John Denver, uh, you were very well known for your charity work. You uh, championed a lot of causes: conservation, homelessness, uh, helping the homeless, uh, the African AIDS crisis. Uh, in 1985, you asked to participate in the singing of "We Are the World," the big pop song that was uh, put out in order to help folks get some money uh, for different causes. So you were turned down because you didn't fit the image they were going for. If you could write a charity pop hit, what would it be? And who would you ask to be on that charity pop hit? Well, that's a great question. What would it be? Well, I know first off who I would ask. I'd ask Charlie Rich. (laughs) And then... I'd take it away from him last minute just to spite him because he's such a <laughs> fucking dickhead. Would you light the recording on fire in front of him? 
Yeah, I'd like. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I'd light it in front of him. <laughs> I'd be like, "Hey, let's get your vocals first, then we'll get everybody else." And then I'd light that sucker on fire and say, "I'll see you in hell, Charlie bitch." <laughs> so I'd start my charity recording with a bit of spite, which is always a good thing to do if you're trying to do something positive in the world. Sure. And I think I'd make the song because you know you mentioned a lot of charities I helped out. You know, one thing is. is Domestic abuse is, is something that I feel I have a lot of atonement to to do in my life. So okay. I'd probably make it a charity song called If you want to get violent at home, don't do it. Go get a bottle of Jack and fly, fly, fly <laughs> into the sky and see your problems melt away. Hey, hey, hey. John Denver, did, okay. you ever, did you ever write any songs about how it's a good idea to chainsaw your bed in half? Because it seems like you have songs for everything that you regret, but I'm wondering if you have songs for the things that you should have been really proud of, like chopping your bed in half. No, I, I never had a song, but if you wanted to if you wanted to write some lyrics for that, I'd be happy to supply oh, some tunes. Why don't we do a little bit right now? Yeah. If you're having a fight with the missus and you need a different place to sleep, Go into the shade and turn on your chainsaw. And you should, and then use it to make two It seems bands. like it's not a collaboration so much. It's just James Joyce <laughs> spitballing a song. I was, waiting for him. I was waiting for him to jump in. I was in. waiting for you to. I was waiting for you to help out. I well, guess I don't have my guitar. I can't this, really jump in. This is exactly why improv is terrible and why nobody should go see it. Which is the perfect note to end on. <laughs> that is it no. for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I'd like to thank my guest, James Joyce. Hello. And John Denver. Goodbye. For joining us in the studio today. Now, I have one final question for the both of you. It's a little weird, but I like to end, or well, Jarrett does. He likes to end every single show by asking our guests if they'd like to plug a comedy show or a funny Twitter account or anything like that. So, John Denver, do you have any plugs that you would like to make? Well, every Thursday night at 7, there's an improv show that you should not go see. <laughs> and two groups called the Music Industry and Junior Varsity that oh. humiliate themselves week after week perform. <laughs> and embarrass their friends and family. And everyone's ashamed of them. <laughs> and also, there's a great band that uh, I'm, I'm a fan of. They play all over Brooklyn and New York City and sometimes outside of those places. They're a country music band called the Great American Country Drifters, and they play real country music, and they, they sing about things like that are pertinent to people in America. They just got a new song called Lock Her Up. <laughs> anyway, go check them so out. I'm so sure I'm that into it just based on that, but is, is it like a comedy show or is it like a... Yeah, you'll have to be the judge of that if you go see them live at you know Pete's what? Candy Store in September. You know what? I'm going to go in with an open mind. It sounds very cool. And James Joyce, do you have Wait, any plugs? You should check out a comedian named Jared Berenstein. He's got a lot of fun stuff online at his website, jaredberenstein.com. He's also going on a stand-up tour soon. And so you should check out his website, jaredberenstein.com, and check out all the dates. He also wrote a book called The Kellyanne Conway Technique that is out now. And it's super-duper funny, so you should uh, go and check that out. Amazing. And if you like sketch comedy, I, Austin Sanders, am directing two shows you can check out. New Wave Mixtape on August 27th at the Magnet Theater and Mint's Hints on August 29th at 9 o'clock at Littlefield. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We'll try to have them on as soon as possible if we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Oh, you know, back when I was a boy, back when I was a wee lass growing up, (laughs) growing up, a wee lad growing up. Oh, not many people know that I was born a girl. And uh, John Denver? And back when I was a wee lass, I wrote songs in wherever I'm from. Oh, Faith and Megora. <laughs> and Austin? Hello, I am Austin Sanders, a wee lass from Ireland, <laughs> filling in for Jarrett Berenstein.